Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello, listeners. Before we get to the episode, I'm going to take a moment to set up what you're about to hear. It's the second nighttime live episode. Again, this is the series that is being streamed live on YouTube and recorded. A lot of people tuned into this session, so I'm thinking um, you must have enjoyed what I did in the first uh, the first release a few days back. If you want to catch the live streams, I'm doing them on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, which is 10 p.m. Atlantic time if you're in the East Coast of Canada. The live streams will be much like you're hearing in these episodes, interview and discussion, followed by Q&A, listener call-ins, and just uh, rabbit hole diving discussions. So hopefully you can tune in to the, to the next live stream. Again, they are on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. And my channel is just um, youtube.com slash nighttimepod. Also, um, I want to thank everyone who purchased shirts. The, uh, I'm thinking a lot of people are going to get nighttime shirts and sweaters for Christmas this year, which isn't a bad thing. So again, thank you for including me in your Christmas plans. If you want to check out the apparel, just go to nighttimepodcast.com and click on the store button. And there's a whole bunch of designs, colors, sizes, and styles to choose from. Now, as far as what you're about to hear, this is a discussion between myself and my good friend Tyler Hooper, who just recently launched his own podcast, which is called A Podcast for the Missing. Longtime listeners of Nighttime will likely remember Tyler as he's been a guest multiple times. He spoke with me on the Holly Clark series, the Emma Filipoff series. He told me all about uh, Granger Taylor, which was the guy out west who, um, of Canada who may or may not have blasted off into a UFO. Um, but Tyler is a well-respected writer, journalist, researcher, but just now he's moving into the podcast space And his first topic uh, of his podcast, A Podcast for the Missing, is a multi-part series about the disappearance and search for Ryan Stuka, who I covered on the the show maybe two years or so ago. Uh, He was a young man who disappeared at a ski resort uh, called Sun Peaks in uh, British Columbia. So I invited Tyler on to talk about Ryan Stuka and to tell me about his podcast. So if um, if you're familiar with the Ryan Stuka case, uh, this episode is going to add a lot more than to you know what what you heard in my prior series or my prior episode about him. But even if you don't know the story of Ryan Stuka, Tyler and I set it up at the beginning, so you don't really need to go back and, and hear my first episode about it to uh, to catch what we're going to talk about. So anyway, let's get to it. In this episode of Nighttime, we're going to be joined by Tyler Hooper. And we are going to revisit the disappearance and search for Ryan Stuka. Tyler, sorry about all the uh, rigmarole there. Hey, Jordan. Um, 
anyway, it's good to see your face. I've, I've talked to you so many times, but it's always uh, just been your voice, which is nice as well, but it's great to see your face. Yeah, we've talked a few times. Uh, so this is really different and really nice as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really, uh, really appreciate this. No, it's, this is this is awesome. This is probably like you've been on the show now, probably this maybe five times. But now it's yeah, a, it's about four or five sounds right. But now you're here in a whole different context. You're um, you're in the industry as well, I guess we could say. You've uh, I'm, I'm, you've been talking for a long time about about starting something. Um, at first, yeah. you you had ideas with um, like a nautical themed mystery. Instead, you've you've now found a home in podcasts for the missing. So before we get into our topic and talking about Ryan. Tell me just a bit about your show. What's what's your plan? And, and introduce yourself as well. I'm sure most of the listeners of my show will know you by now, but introduce yourself and tell me what you're doing on your show. Yeah. So uh, my name is Tyler, as Jordan has said, and uh, I live out here on the West Coast in Victoria. Uh, I've started a podcast. It just launched uh, this month. Uh, I guess the trailer came out in late October, a podcast for the missing. And yeah, it's basically a podcast uh, set as kind of like an anthology. So I'm going to do multiple episodes on different cases. Uh, the first one being uh, Ryan Stuka. Uh, there's going to be four episodes. Uh, there's two out now, a third coming in the coming days, and then there'll be a fourth one before Christmas, uh, and then I'll move on to a different case. But uh, yeah, the, the nautical thing might still happen, but this seemed um, right now more tangible um, and something that I could get behind. I made the smart move to start a podcast during quarantine and COVID, which is never a bad idea. Uh, so it's, it's been really fun. It's been challenging, uh, the tech stuff, as we discovered, just trying to start up here. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going really, really well, and the feedback has been pretty overwhelming. Yeah, and like, your background is as a writer, and a lot of people know you as like a writer and a researcher. How has the transition been going to podcaster? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I always wanted to get into podcasting. Um, like I, I've listened to yours. I've listened to a lot of other true crime podcasts, a lot of sports podcasts, and it's something that, you know, I don't have the greatest gear, but I did have enough that I thought, okay, I can do something here. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of took my writing skills and leaned on that with the podcast because I'm not necessarily the greatest interviewer, uh, like you are in, in terms of like, a live situation or uh, even on like a Q&A format. So I wanted it to be a bit more involved writing wise. So like I, I write scripts for every episodes for voiceovers and then break up telling stories. Like I really wanted to tell a narrative about missing persons rather than, um, you know, just say, state the facts or get right to the case. Like I really wanted to humanize these people. So I think telling a story kind of does that. Um, and like I said, I wasn't sure what people would think because it is kind of a long format. Uh, but so far I think people are seem to be enjoying it and it seems to be resonating with them. So that's, that's good. Yeah. I listened to your first episode and it was, um, definitely, I knew it was going to be good just from knowing you, but it, it exceeded my expectations. But anyway, yeah. Tyler, as I was saying, uh, moving from the role of like a writer, researcher, journalist to podcaster who's doing it at home, I guess, like you, like you had mentioned there, the quarantine was and all that stuff was kind of an ideal time to do this because you've had more time to sit at your laptop poking away at things. But what if, what if like the process of taking a story, exploring it and sharing it, like how how much different is it in audio format mm -hmm. rather than writing an article or an essay? That's a really good question. It's it's really different, and that was one of the challenges because um, normally when you write an article. You do your interviews, 
uh, you know, you jot down some quotes, you get some background and you go back and you do, you know, you mix that with your research and you write the article. Maybe you write a few drafts, but you're really just doing the same thing. Um, but like I said, with, with this podcast, like the way I wanted to script it and do the episodes, like you do your interviews and like, you know, my interview with Heather was like three hours long, I think. And I knew it needed to be close to that to get four episodes of material out of this. And so you do, you know, you do all the interviews, which take up a ton of time and then you've got to go back and edit it. And I've been doing, and maybe I shouldn't be admitting this, but I've just been editing it on Audacity. Um, and that's because that's the only editing program I've ever used. <laughs> um, so, and I mean, it's not the greatest, but I'm familiar with, and I didn't really have time to learn, or I haven't had time yet to learn anything else. So, um, so basically, yeah, editing the audio, finding your clips, and then writing a script based on those clips, putting the story together, you know, both in the timeline and in your head. It's, it's a much more involved process. Um, it's actually funny, like, because I'm still working on a few writing projects, and it's really nice sometimes to have the podcast to break things up because writing can get really frustrating really fast. But with mm -hmm. podcasting, it's like, say I'm having trouble with the VOs. Well, you know what? I'll switch and focus on the music for this episode, you know, or I'll go back to this interview and, and you know, refine the clips. Like, there's just so many more little facets you can tinker with. And so yeah. I find the, the process is... Um, you know, I don't want to say it's more enjoyable than writing because I do love writing, but um, it's easier to get immersed for longer, long periods of time. Like there's times when I'm editing that I'm just like, oh, man, like it's been, you know, two hours. Like where did the time go? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but it's it's, you know, and to say, like, I'm not the most technical person. So there's been a big learning curve uh, when it comes to, you know, figuring things out. And I, I should say, too, I have um someone here in Victoria, uh, Manfred Lotz, who masters my episodes. And without him, like, it would sound a lot different. Like, you would notice that I was doing this by myself on a laptop. So <laughs> I, I really do owe him, um, you know, like, kudos for helping me and volunteering to do this because he just makes them sound so good, with the, being a sound engineer. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of my, I guess, my hidden secret is that I do have someone who, um, you know, takes what I give them and makes it sounds uh, listenable. <laughs> so yeah. it's nice to have that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. So let's, let's get into the topic here. Cause um, sure. I want to, I want to get into the discussion with you. Cause this is a, like Ryan's story is one I covered myself probably maybe two years ago or so. Yep. And it's like this, I, I've thought about him often, thought about his family often, and I've just been swept away by the case when I first learned about it. And now, um, now you're there with me, so I'm I'm excited to break it down. So yeah. before we before we get into talking about it, there's there's probably people who either don't know the story of Ryan Stuka's disappearance, or maybe they just know the vague details, or maybe they remember when I covered it two years ago. But let's first just walk through the disappearance of Ryan Stuka. And I, I you're probably your memory of the exact dates and times is a lot better than mine, I'm sure, because it's been a while since I did it. Yeah. But it, it happens in Sun Peaks, BC, which is mm -hmm. basically a ski resort with a, there are like year long citizens or residents, but the way I understand it, it's more of a, a ski resort type place, like up in the mountains that's isolated from everywhere else for the most part. Am, am I reading that right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a small band of residents um, that are mostly retirees or people who have a second home up there. Uh, and then in the winter season, that's when Sun Peak swells. Like it is really like kind of like a smaller version of Whistler. 
um, where people really do flood there for the mountains and the skiing. And they do in the summer for the mountain biking too. But I think uh, in the winter is when a lot of the seasonal workers go up there and kind of flood the, the town. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's super remote. It's like, um, you know, just, just kind of close to Kamloops, but um, it's like one road in one road out at one point. So uh, yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah, like a more remote Whistler or what Whistler would have been like 20 years ago. Yeah. I get you. And, yeah. and Ryan, he, he wasn't from there. He's from Beaumont, which was, which is in Alberta, I believe. Yep. And yep. what's kind of wild about this is Ryan had moved to uh, Sun Peaks to work there for the skiing, snowboarding season. And he, he only ended up being there for, I think it was two months. He showed up there December of 17 and it was February of 18 that he had disappeared. Why don't, tell me about his his time there and the the last night, his last known night, like the, the events that led to his actual disappearance. Yeah, so uh, Ryan decided to go to Sun Peaks um, as a young 19, 20-year-old. Um, I think like a lot of us do when we're younger, we want adventure. You know, he just finished high school, uh, and I don't think he was really set on going to school for full-time yet, although he did go for a little while. Um, so I really think he was looking for some adventure and something different. So him and his friend um, decided to go to Sun Peaks and work for the winter and, you know, snowboard. Ryan loved to snowboard. So, um, you know, he basically was going to snowboard, work and party and hang out with friends and meet people. Um, and so he goes up uh, on, I think it's like December 1st and he, yeah, he's there through Christmas. He doesn't even come home for Christmas. He ends up having such a great time with his roommates and friends uh, and, and he's seemingly living the life. Like um, that's one thing I looked into was, you know, sometimes when people move away from their home environments, they can get overwhelmed and depressed and sad. But everyone I've talked to, like, says Ryan was so happy and just living in the moment. He'd get up early before work, hit the slopes, um, you know, show up a few minutes late every day to work <laughs> just so he could get one more run in. Um, and then, you know, he'd go out drinking beer and hanging out with his friends and roommates on the weekends. Uh, and, and it was going really, really well. Um, and so then by uh, February, um, he's still doing that. Everything's still going well, seemingly. Uh, and then uh, he goes missing um, on uh, the evening of, well, the evening of February 16th, early mornings of um, Saturday, February 17th. I hope those dates are right. I'm pretty sure that's it. And um, basically that night, uh, he finishes work, goes home. He and a group of friends and roommates go out to a silent disco at one of the local pubs. Oh, I and... want to stop you there. What what is okay. a silent disco? Is is right? It, I understand <laughs> it. It's like everyone. It's a like a nightclub, and everyone's wearing headphones dancing. Yeah, I don't. I've never been to one myself. Um, but that's you're absolutely right. And I think the idea is there. I don't know if there's just one channel of music, or maybe some of them have a couple. But uh, basically, um, yeah, you're listening to music. And you're just listening to it with headphones. So if you took them off, it's completely quiet. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, it's not something that, again, I've experienced or looked into too much. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it looks really fun. I mean, there's a great picture of Ryan holding a beer, smiling, just, like, with the headphones on, like, looking like he's having the time of his life. Yeah. Um, so it it sounds like it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, a lot of people would know that photo because that, that photo goes around a lot. And I, I think a lot of people know the photo, but they don't realize that it was taken the night he disappeared as I, I believe. Yeah. And that's going to be the photo that I, I'm going to use for the social media for the next episode um, or the current episode um, when this is released uh, because you know, the episode that I'm working on right now is, is about that night. So uh, it is a very iconic photo if you, if you're aware of his case. Yeah, absolutely. And so he gets off work 
he goes to the silent disco, which I, every time it, it comes up, I have to stop because I'm just, yeah, I, love no, the, I love the idea of it. Um, <laughs> he spends the night there doing his thing. What, what happens from there? Yeah, so they finish up at the disco and then um, they decide they're going to go to a uh, a friend or a roommate's um, kind of place and hang out. And I mean, people call it a party. And I, and I guess, you know, like Heather says, I guess technically it was, but it was really just a bunch of people who knew each other, um, you know, not wanting to call it a night yet. And, um, you know, yeah, I guess keep partying. I mean, we know drugs and alcohol were there. Um, it was in the town. It was, you know, in the ski town. It wasn't, um, you know, down near... Um, uh, down the mountain a little bit it, where, where there's more of the staff lodging is but um, it was really common like people did this all the time when the bars closed let's go back to uh, someone's place crack open a few more beers um, you know maybe do a, a few party drugs and so we know Rhymes at that party um, I, I'm fairly certain and I think Heather has said this um, it, it's there's pretty good indication that there was drugs there and Ryan may, may have been using them um, he definitely was having a few drinks and then sometime around 2 a.m. on the morning of Saturday, February 17th, um, some people that he's with decide they're going to leave. And so they get up to leave and in all indications seem like Ryan was going to leave as well. Like he kind of got up and was starting to, you know, get ready to go. And it was a really cold night. It was snowing. Um, and I mean, if you've been up in a mountain town in the winter, like you don't want to be diddle daddling outside, especially when you're maybe drunk and it's the middle of the night. So basically this group of people at one point start walking back to their own place, not far away, um, like a five, 10 minute walk by the main path. And they realize Ryan's not with them. You know, they don't really think anything of it. They kind of go like, well, maybe he stayed. Maybe he met a girl. Like, who knows? He's an adult. He can figure it out for himself. Um, and that's really the last time publicly anyone said they've seen Ryan was at that party close to or around 2 a.m. Uh, and then from there, he seemingly vanished. Uh, there's virtually there's vir virtually without a trace. Like, that's cliche to say that. But in this instance, I think it's very appropriate. Yeah. And it's um, I, I remember when I when because Heather was the guest on my episode I did about Ryan as well. And we talked a lot about kind of the the last moments in the party get together, whatever you want to call it, where a couple like the guys he was with or guys and girl, women that he was with, they were like on their way out and he was kind of lagging behind, I believe. So it seems yeah. like they were just like, you know, seconds ahead of him when, yeah. when they left. But it's um, in the way I understand it as well is they were only like, he only would have been traveling from the party or whatever you want to call it to where he was going was only like a couple homes away. Like he wasn't traveling a great distance or anything. No, 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 no. It wasn't a great distance at all. And I, I haven't, uh, I, when I was working on that part of the episode, I think I did map it out, but I can't remember how exactly how far it was right now. But when I talked to search and rescue, they were like, yeah, like the place that he lived was 10, 15 minute walk, you know, maybe 20 if you're drunk and there's snow and you're disoriented a little bit, but there was, there wasn't like he had a long ways to go, um, at all. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy how close this place really was. And the fact that, um, you know, he didn't make it home that night. Yeah. And w when I did the episode, I called my episode, the search for Ryan Stuka, because I found mm -hmm. like the disappearance, like the actual events that lead up to his disappearance. There's so little to say or so little known about it. Cause it just seems like you said, he just, he vanished. Yeah. And he, you know, that's why I, I took my time in the first episode um, you know, uh, really 
trying to establish that Ryan was this normal kid and that, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't come from this really shady, terrible background. Like, you know, by all accounts, the Stukas are like a, a just a, a regular great Canadian family. So I really, you know, and I wanted to tap into that because honestly, I, I see a lot of Ryan's upbringing in my own, you know, mm -hmm. having that nuclear family, um, you know, living in a, a smaller town near, near a bigger metropolis. So, uh, yeah, so getting to when he goes to Sun Peaks, like there's been all these theories, and I'm sure we'll get into this later. But you know, we can never know for sure what Ryan was doing if he if he was doing something secretively in Sun Peaks. But I mean, no one has come forward with any evidence of that. I mean, by all accounts, he was just snowboarding, drinking, partying, working, and and doing what a 20 year old should do. You know, just having fun, trying to figure out what the next big step is in life. So it is really bizarre um, that he does vanish because you know it's 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 literally without a trace and there's not really much to go on 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 motive or why it, it's it's very bizarre yeah that's that's the thing like a lot of these similar stories that we follow or even the ones that you and i talked about generally there's what is perceived to be red flags or warning signs or you know red herrings in ryan's case there doesn't seem to really be any of that and i think the the bigger story has almost as far as discussion points go is has almost become the search for Ryan where yep. all over the news for since he's disappeared, the there's been coverage of his family searching for him, the community coming together to, you know, to pitch in for the search bus loads of volunteers going up to the resort to, to yeah. get in there. And it's, um, I looked at, I looked at, you know, maps and uh, the, you know, the Google map, view and google earth view or whatever of that area and it is just like i couldn't imagine searching for anything there because once you leave you know the developed sun peaks resort it is like the thickest forest that you know as thick a forest as canada has to offer and if like i've always said like if his disappearance involves him walking you know in that direction going into the woods it's um it's going to be really tough and it's probably going to take some luck to find to find them. Yeah, it's it's so there's a couple things that you touched on there that are really important. Uh, and my the latest episode, episode three, is actually called the search because uh, you're right. It's the search for Ryan is so involved. So like the RCMP do a search almost right away that I think he's um, he's uh, kind of declared missing uh, the evening of the 17th after he doesn't show up for work. Uh, then his friends start to get concerned and, I, and the RCMP do a hasty search. And then SAR comes in on the Sunday search and rescue and does a full day of searching. Uh, and they, they find nothing like no trace, no evidence, not, no, no, no clothes of Ryan, like nothing, no footprints, nothing to suggest where he could have gone or where he is. And then basically, um, you know, unfortunately, SAR and RCMP are like, well, unless there's something else we can go on, we got to call off the search. And then, as you said, Heather and Scott, step in and and basically decide we're going to we're going to search for our son and um, we're going to ask people to help us on social media and i think heather said at one point like total there was maybe like close to a thousand people who came to help um, not all at once but over time and i just think that's amazing um and incredible and i'm gonna episode three will have you know one of the one of the volunteers who was really integral in that um you know sharing what that was like but awesome. yeah the search went on for months like it was crazy and it's still happening i mean i believe there was a search as early as last year and um they still have not found anything it's 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 utterly 
baffling Jordan. It's it's yeah, it's great crazy because you know one last thing too is like yeah okay this isn't the only missing persons case where someone completely vanishes is but the reason I'm drawn to it you know because of a missing persons case is also because nothing's been found and it's he's been searched for so extensively like like there's not too many missing persons cases I can think of where for months and years um you know this many people have looked for someone in this one little geographical area um but as you said it's it's a mountain so there's trees there's snow there's rivers um it's it's really really difficult um to search let alone you know just walk or hike in the woods there so um yeah it's 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 really baffling yeah and one of the things i I remember heather telling me about is the idea of um there was these certain moments that the search could really happen or certain times a year like um at the end of the winter like when the snow melt the snow melted they only had a like a matter of like weeks before the brush would grow in so once the snow was off the ground they had to search hard then because once you know spring hit and things started to grow it was just too thick to see anything and then you know at the at you know and, and then like for the summer it was just nearly it was in the summer it was just as bad as when there was snow and they were walking around putting like you know the stakes down through the snow trying to feel something but it's um it would be a horrible area to conduct a search. Like it's one thing in a, like a city or outside of a city in the suburbs or whatnot. But this is, again, we're talking like Canada's version of the jungle, basically. Um, yeah. That's a really succinct way of putting it. Yeah. You're, you're in the wilderness. I mean, this is not, you know, this is not an urban setting at all. It's, it's pure forest and, um, you know, just to survive up there um, is really, really tough. So mm-hmm. uh Yeah. Yeah, um, especially in you know with snow on the ground, you know, lots of walking down hills. It's the kind of walk yeah. like I, I've done a lot of uh, exploring in the forests around Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada. But it's it's the type of situation where if you were walking in that area, you would be you know holding onto branches to help yourself get down a little bit of hill. You'd be you know clawing your way through the through the bushes and whatnot. So it's um, this search isn't them just kind of walking through the forest on a nice, uh, nice casual walk in the afternoon. No, and it would be pitch dark. So once you're off the main road, like there is no light unless you've got like a flashlight or a headlamp with you and there's tons of snow on the ground and it's snowing. So yeah, just trying to, I mean, I've been to, to Whistler and, and, you know, went to the bar and had a few too many and, and walked back to my hotel and and it's it that that's a chore in itself like it sounds silly but like it really does give you perspective um you know of how uh how how crazy it is to you know try and walk home in the middle of the night there and i mean really the only thing that makes sense to me is he had to have gotten off the road at some point if he did leave that party um because otherwise i just don't see how he could have lost his way being so close um to his own home Mm -hmm. um but again, it's baffling. There's no, that's the thing. We don't have evidence to say, you know, he left the party or he didn't. Um, and people have various theories. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's what you're exploring in your show. So let's, uh, we have kind of the basics of his story covered. So I want to ask you a little bit about the approach you've taken. Because when I did my episode about Ryan Stuka, it was based on an interview with his mom. And it was really just a broad overview of his life, his disappearance and mm-hmm. you know, in the search for him, you're 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 taking um, 
what I did in like 40 minutes and you're doing like the five hour version, you're doing a much <laughs> deeper dive is, uh, is how I, would yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, that's the way I am like with storytelling. Like you probably know from the vice pieces I've been on here about, like, they're not short pieces. Like they're very involved, you know, three, four, 5,000 word features. Um, I've always been like that. Like I, I don't, I don't enjoy telling really quick stories. Like, I don't know if it's, I think I have an obsessive personality. So when I get into something, I go deep um, and it takes a while for me to come out. So um, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to do. And I'm doing that with each case. Like, it's not just going to be Ryan, it's going to be each one. And so it's, you know, for those of you listening, it's like, yeah, it's only going to, you're only going to get like maybe two or three a year because like the amount, like I started doing the interviews for Ryan back in July and I just, released the first episode like in early November. So that's how long it took me to do all the interviews. Um, you know, I did probably like a dozen interviews almost and um, the editing and the writing and, you know, I'm, I'm working like you are and got other responsibilities. So um, yeah, that's one thing I should definitely say, like, you know, prefacing like this isn't, you know, there's not going to be another four coming out uh, next month. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be a while, but, but that, that's the way I want to do it. And um some days it feels a bit like a burden just of how much work it is. But, you know, I think I think it it will help and it will really show who these people are. And that's what I wanted to do with Ryan is really humanize him. Um, yeah. Because I think on some level, too, that maybe makes people think a bit more about, you know, if they interacted with him. And I don't know. I just thought maybe it would it would help, like kind of what you did, you know, putting anything out there about these people um, where families are in limbo and don't have answers. It, it's, it always helps to keep attention because... Who knows who knows what and, and someone could come forward at any point um, and you know change the search and change the, the search for Ryan. So I think the background's really important though. Like your first episode uh, of your of your series was all about like his childhood, his upbringing, his family. Yep. And like a lot of it, if you read like a, a short article about a missing person, it's just going to focus on like those last moments. And it's that the person gets lost in the interesting details of their disappearance. And they they, be, they change from a person to a mystery, let's say. In Ryan's case, with like with what you did in that first episode, it's it really brings like in my head, I could really picture his family. I could I could see um, when when Heather described uh, Ryan being a couple years older than you know than Jordan, the, his uh, younger sister. Mm-hmm. It the way she described their relationship, it was so much like my two kids, which also have like three year gap, and and it just like that's the stuff I think that turns someone who's interested in a mystery into like an advocate for the family. And um, I, I don't know if you get what I mean, but I find with with you did an amazing job of that in the first episode by having Heather spend so much time on the dynamics of the family. Uh, Ryan's best bud. I couldn't remember the name, but it was like his childhood friend. Like, yeah, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, it it just, that's what makes it, it it takes, uh, you can take a disappearance of someone like Ryan and you can have bullet points of the fact of the, the details. It takes that and it turns it into, Oh, he's a lot like me and my neighbor and my best buddy. And, I need to help his family. I'm going to join the Facebook group and share the posts and tell my friends. And you exactly know, like, I yeah. think that's, that's so, uh, so important, but your, your interview with, with Heather, I can tell that uh, I've only, you've only released the first two episodes so far and I've listened to them both, but 
I, I could tell that that was an in-depth interview. Like how involved was she in what you're doing? Yeah. Heather's, Heather is amazing. I mean, she's mm-hmm. just, you know, I think, you know, anyone who's listened to the podcast can just tell through um, the way she talks about Ryan to how articulate yet emotional she can be. Like she really did make this easier for me. It's one of the reasons I did pick this case. Cause I had already talked to Heather before about Ryan's case. And so I knew I was going to, you know, it, it was going to sound good because she could talk about it and not, um, you know, not 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 to be too painful, or seemingly, if it is really painful, pull it together enough to to finish. And I mean, like I said, it was it was intense. Like we we did it. I think we I think we did the interview in one go. It might have been two sittings, but um, it was pretty early on. She was one of the first people I talked to, um, and I knew she was going to be integral. Like I knew she was going to be the voice throughout every episode, and she is in every episode mm-hmm. um, that was going to anchor the story um, because she, a she tells it so well, and b it's so it's 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 ryan's mom that's the closest person to his disappearance in one way or another like it's his mom so um you know she's she's incredible like um yeah i I really can't say enough of uh how much to thank her for letting me um and trusting me to do this because you know i don't think she knew what to expect because there was nothing to say like hey i've got an example clip here it's like nope this is something entirely new i've never done (laughs) yeah i've never done a podcast before Uh, i've been a guest i you know hardly have the right equipment i'm winging it um but so i I really thank her and everyone else i talked to for supporting and thinking this is a good idea because um you know I, i i really do think um ryan is an amazing kid and uh uh you know young adult and i really hope whether it's this podcast, your podcast, or whatever someone does next on Ryan, I really just hope it jars something loose um, so that Heather and Scott and everyone else can, um, you know, m- move forward and, and maybe cling to some hope that there'll be resolution one day. Yeah. And so we've already mentioned you had Heather in, um, mm-hmm. Daniel, who was Ryan's childhood friends. Yep. You, give me some uh, teasers. Who like who else did you involve in this story that's coming up in future episodes? Yeah, so the episode that will probably just come out by the time this makes it um, onto your podcast is going to be episode through the search. Um, so I think some of the more interesting guests beyond Heather, um, I did talk to um, uh, Alan Hobler, uh, who is a was a member of the Kamloops um, search team, um, search and rescue team. He was actually the, the manager, the case manager. Um, he has some really interesting insight into how they conduct a search, um, and I think that's really interesting. But I also, I actually did get an interview with the RCMP. Wow. Um, and yeah, so, and it was honestly, I'm not going to say, I don't want to say too, too much because, um, I mean, so far it's gone smoothly, um, and it's going to be in the fourth episode, but I was actually really surprised at how, uh, cause you know, I was really just expecting them to say no thanks. Um, you know, it's an active investigation. We can't comment on it. Um, and I would totally get it. I mean, I was, I was kind of just like, ah, oh, let's see if they, you know, even want to give me a statement or something. And, uh, yeah, they actually, um, gave me someone who worked on Ryan's case, but is also like their missing persons expert. Uh, and she was excellent. Like we, we actually had to re-record because I, I can't believe I'm admitting this stuff, but I lost her whole interview somehow. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Like literally I thought, I literally thought like someone hacked my computer. Cause I was like, I, I backed it up and like, I, I don't know anyway. So I emailed her and she was. And she was actually, oh, yes, like I was so nervous the first time. I'd love to do it again. And uh, yeah, and it went great. And we, you know, we were able to condense it a little bit because I was able to cut out some of the the questions that I didn't really think were that relevant 
from the first time. And, and so she's, she's been excellent. And um, yeah, I'm going to focus on, on her uh, in the fourth episode. I mean, I will say right now, there's not a lot specific to Ryan's case because they can't really say much given its investigation, but I think the context of what police go through and, you know, the job of searching, like having your job being, searching for other people's missing children, wives, husbands, whatever, uh, is really interesting and will be some really cool context. And I think it's a relationship going forward. You know, if I do do another case in the area that, um, you know, I could maybe, you know, tap back into. So um, also uh, I would say uh, another person, she's in the second episode briefly, but she's going to come back in the fourth episode as well is the Sun Peaks independent news editor, uh, Jean Strong. She's awesome. Um, like being a former reporter myself, I felt like her and I got along so well in the interview. Um, she's really charismatic. Um, she knows, I would say next to Heather and Heather's family, she's probably like other than maybe you and I, but I even think she probably knows more about Ryan's disappearance than I do at this point. Like Mm -hmm. she was on the ground in Sun Peaks working for that paper when it happened. So, um, her perspective is really unique, and so I'm I'm really excited to, um, sh- you know, show that off uh, in the fourth episode with with her as well. Yeah, um, trying that- to think. Yeah, and then there's a few others. There's Jerry Trombley, a volunteer, going to be in the third episode. He was amazing. Uh, who helped search for Ryan? Um, and then I'll in the fourth episode, I'm going to bring back um, some. Um, some other voices you've already heard too in the first two episodes. Okay, cool. I think uh, getting a local reporter so was, was a great idea. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, that's fine. But the, the local reporter, that, that was a great idea. Just cause like with a town like that, it's, um, I, I, I just, I haven't been there and I haven't been to a place like that before. So it was cool to get an idea of, you know, how, how it actually went down in that town. So that, that was cool to have her voice uh, in, included in it. Um, as you described, like talking to the police, I, I had a similar experience and maybe this will sound familiar with what you went through, but I was mm-hmm. covering a case in Halifax where I'm living of a, a longstanding well-known missing persons case in Halifax mm-hmm. and it's on, um, you know, whenever the anniversary comes up, the, the local police will like be on the news talking about it, trying to drum up awareness and stuff. So I was thinking maybe they'd be receptive to coming on my show and maybe one of the investigators would talk to me and about, you know, the search for this a missing person from Halifax. And anyway, um, I wrote to the, the police. They agreed to have someone talk to me, but they wanted to see my questions. And mm. when I showed the questions, what they pretty much said was like, we won't answer any questions specific to this case. It all has mm-hmm. to be general questions about policing and procedures and whatnot. And it ended up, um, I did an interview with the police officer and it was, a, it was great to hear them and all that stuff, but it was um, all of the, the only thing they were comfortable talking about was more so how would you handle like a, a general case, not like this specific case, yeah. if you know what I mean. But yeah. it's um, it was still interesting, though, because it added context to what I was researching and working on. So I'm sure it's going to be great what, what you put together. D- do you have like a plan for the future episodes? Like you've done two of probably five or six. Like, do you have it mapped out where you're going to take this? Yeah, so I think it's only going to be four, and that doesn't mean that there won't be um, like a follow up one day, or like maybe we do something like this with you on my podcast. Like I'm going to keep that open, but um, I think four is good. I mean, they're going to be longer the last two, so the first two I think we're in the thirty minute, forty minute range. Mm-hmm. Um, the third episode is pretty much done and going to be out the door this week, so I think that's like fifty minutes. And then the last episode, 
I haven't started editing it yet. And I, for my listeners, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to start this weekend. Um, but it's probably going to be over an hour. So I think, I think I'm going to cap it at that. Um, unless something else comes up. I also too, like I have another, so I don't know why I did this, but I, I did interviews during the summer for two cases. So I was doing interviews like every night of the week at one point. Um, and so the second case that I'm going to do, um, that I want to kind of bring out in the spring, early summer, um, the interviews are pretty much done. I have like one or two left to do. So, um, I can pretty much jump into that in the new year right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the plan is to, to finish up Ryan before Christmas, unless, you know, there's a big uh, development. Uh, and then I think going forward, like, yeah, I will have those one-off episodes for cases I've already done. If something new comes up or I, you know, find something really interesting, like, you know, I, I one person I didn't get, um, that people always ask, like, get someone from the party, get someone from the party to yeah. talk about Ryan. And, I had the same um, feedback about my episodes as well. Yeah. Episode. And I, I mean, I, yeah, of course I wish I got that, but after talking to Gene and Heather, um, Gene actually knew personally, some of the people at the party, like, like they both seem to think that the chances of anything being foul play or a miss there is so low. And the RCMP interrogated um, and talked to all of them that, you know, I think it, it, it sounds like it would be too painful to people involved. And I totally get it. Um, but it's that said, it would be, you know, that would be something that I would do another episode for. Like if, if someone reached out and said, Hey, I, I'll come on your podcast um, and talk about the party that night, then yeah, I would do a 20, 30 minute episode on that. Like, I think it would be worth it. So um so yeah, so right now to answer your question, um, four episodes. Uh, third one will be out right around the time this comes out on your podcast, and then the fourth episode will be out before December, uh, like before December fifteenth ish. So like two weeks to Christmas, it should be out around then. Um, and then uh, yeah, we'll start we'll start a new series in 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 the in the new year. Yeah, and now I, I know you're still working through the story and putting this together, but I have to ask at this point, do you, have you come? to any theory or is there any kind of idea you're focused on and what actually happened with Ryan? So that's, yeah. So I have, I do know, even though I haven't edited the fourth episode, I have all the clips pulled for the most part and I pretty much know where it's going to go that we are going to talk about theories. So I'm not going to say too much right now. Cause um, I don't want to kind of, uh, uh, you know, caught my own lead sort of thing, but <laughs> um uh, I'm doing so it right now. The, anyway, you, we play the fourth episode. Could you hit? Play? <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just talk. That's why you wanted me on here. It's like let's just talk about what the fourth episode's gonna. Be. I don't want to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I don't either. I want to, I want to, I want to get it out and, and get it to people too. Um, yeah. So theories wise, um, I don't know. Like for, before, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. Like before I started doing this, like the podcast and doing the interviews and stuff. Part of me, the the wannabe investigative journalist, was like something happened at that party, and mm-hmm. no one, no, it's a cover up. And and honestly, after interviewing people and talking to people and, and asking them about it, like there's a couple people who think um, something went down, but I mean, there's nothing to suggest it. Other people just that know the people involved say no way, or you know. And I honestly, to keep a secret like that, like if he overdosed or. You know, he got into a fight, which Ryan was not confrontational at all from what Heather has told me and his friends. So to me, it seems like it's hard enough to keep a secret between two people, especially a secret like that. Um, so let alone between like half a dozen people. Um, I think at this point, like some someone would have came out or someone would have talked to someone like, you know, someone would have folded under the, the interrogation with the RCMP or something. So that theory doesn't really um, I don't really think about it that much anymore. Um I think I think the most likely scenario is that he had a few drinks, 
probably took um, some recreational drugs um, and, you know, was feeling good, feeling fine. And then I think he did go to leave at one point, maybe just after the people left and got disoriented and, and wandered off into the woods. And, you know, we haven't found him because it's so remote. But I mean, that see, the thing is that bothers me because when I start saying that, I'm like, well, they should have found something by now. You know, they mm. should have found a shoe, a boot. So I guess what I'm saying is I really don't know. Like, I know that sounds like a cop-out, but I, I really don't end the 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 series with, like, a definitive theory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't set out to do that either with this. Like, um, you know, there's other podcasts that have done that, and I think they've done that pretty well. I wanted to more, like, tell a story about Ryan as a person. So that's going to come full circle um, in the fourth episode. But, I mean, I'm still going to spend a good chunk talking about the theories because it is part of the story. Um, and so I think the, the wandering off into the woods and, you know, succumbing to exposure, um, is probably one of the more, um, promising, uh, situations or what happened. I'd say that though, there is one caveat. Um, I think there's a, there's a chance Ryan's not in Sun Peak. So, um, what that means is that, um, and again, I'm scooping myself here, but whatever, um, some people might know this and might not. So the night that Ryan went missing, um, the camera there, there was a camera at the entrance to the sun, the road to sun peaks. It was down and it had been down. And I talked to the mayor of sun peaks. Actually, he's not going to be in the series just because the, um, when I recorded it, the audio was not good quality for, for a few reasons, but I am going to bring it up in a voiceover. The camera was down and it had been down off and on for a while due to technical issues. Um, so there is no recording of people coming in and out of sun peaks from that night. Um, so, to me, I mean, that's, I don't think, you know, I don't suspect someone disabled the camera and it was like premeditated, but it does kind of throw a wrench into like, what if he did leave for whatever reason? Like, what if, you know, I, I don't know, he got hit by a car and then someone, you know, put him in a trunk and wanted to dump his body because they were panicking or, you know, did he meet a girl at the party and no one saw him leave with her and they took off? I mean, you, you think you'd remember that, but there, there, there is an element of me that, um, you know, if we ever hopefully do get closure, I could see, um, you know, everyone being shocked and finding out that he in somewhere or another left Sun Peaks. Mm-hmm. So and I don't know if you said it there, but um, I believe at the shortly after he disappeared, there was a car who that came like in or out of Sun Peaks. So there is like at least some credibility to that idea that he left in a vehicle. Yeah. Well, there was like, there was shuttles too. like, uh, I guess what Heather was saying to me too, like, so people who want to make extra money up there, um, you know, people go to the bar and drink and then they take these shuttles, um, you know, back down or up to the bar. And so, yeah, there would have been a few cars moving. I mean, I don't think that's suspicious in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, I know CBC tried to play up this whole thing about, someone yelling something and I don't know as soon as I looked into it, I was like, this doesn't sound like it, it really has anything to do with Ryan. Uh, and maybe it does, but it, it, when I looked into it and asked Jean strong about it, she said the same thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is though, if you got hit by a car, like you're going to, you're going to find something like you're going to find, you know, a, a blood stain, a piece of clothing. Like, I don't know. I just, it, it, it was baffling to me when I talked to search and rescue and, and the case manager was like, we found nothing, like not a footprint, nothing. And he's like, we would have been able to find footprints even with the snow. Like it was nice, fresh snow. So in a few hours, someone's like, we'd be able to find something. So that really, to me, kind of even made it more baffling because I'm like, there's not even an indication he took off into one direction or another. It's like he literally was pulled out of that house and into a cavern somewhere that, 
you know, none of us have checked. It's, 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 it's really bizarre. And I mean, I guess I want to ask you like what, when you did your interviews, like what was, um, you know, what was your thoughts? Like, what were you thinking happened to Ryan? Yeah. Well, well with mine, I, much like you, I, w- I wanted to talk to people at the party just to get a sense of what was happening. Yeah. Cause all of my knowledge of the quote unquote party just came from Ryan's mom, Heather telling me, you know, yeah. what, what she had heard about it. So she was telling me what someone told her. And so I was kind of left with like, I really don't know what that, what the scene was in that place and how that all went down. So before I kind of ruled out something wild happening at the party, I, I would have wanted to talk to someone who was there or get firsthand account of what had happened there. But ultimately when I look at the story on the surface and everything that I know about it, it just seems to me that by far the most likely explanation is that he wandered off, maybe got disoriented, took the wrong turn, ended up in the woods and, you know, just tried to find his way out and found himself deeper in the woods. And, you know, and gosh knows how far he made it because he was, you know, a, a young guy in good shape. If he was, you know, if he had good boots on and a jacket and stuff, he could make it pretty far. Although it was late at night and he was out, so he's probably low on energy. And if he had been drinking, and yeah. Stuff, but well, that... and yeah, and Sar told me like he was like we called off the search because there's no way if anyone had been out in the woods that whole day that they would have survived. Like it was too cold, you know. There's too much snow. Um, so you're right. Like, and again, I was thinking, I just, you know, as I was, as you were saying that, I'm like, see, you're making sense to me. Like when I say that, it doesn't for some reason, but. So I was also thinking like he wouldn't have left the party with anyone because that would have immediately been known. Like someone would have been like, oh, yeah, he left with this girl or this person. Like, so I think you're right. I think that is the most likely explanation is that he went to go home and wandered off. And like you said, he's a young guy in really good shape. He's snowboarding every day. I mean, that's why I talked about, you know, him being a bit of an athlete in high school. Um, And, you know, when you're that age, like, yeah, you kind of do feel invincible when you're a little drunk and high on things like you know, you don't really get that, um, you know, I, I don't know. There's something about it that I could see, you know, someone wandering and walking out a lot farther than they, they thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then succumbing to being tired in the cold. And yeah, it's 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 baffling. But in cases like that where someone wanders off into the woods and doesn't come out, they often do find, you know, boots jacket yeah. their hat you know something they found well, you nothing. shed your clothes um, a lot of hypothermic victims like mm-hmm. they shed their clothes before they succumb because of the body's reaction to the cold so you think yeah it's you would have found his hat and his jacket but they didn't yeah that's one thing that surprised me is that like no sign of him no in in a boot like a a, a well-made snow boot it's you know you in 15 years it's still going to be there and be identifiable and stuff so it's um all of their searching hasn't uncovered any of his boots uh, I, I just find that weird like you hear like where you are out west you know like the the situation with like the shoes washing up on shore yeah you know it's just like uh, i i read a bit into that and it's mm-hmm. a lot of that is due to the fact that the sole is buoyant and they're you know well mm-hmm. made and they'll they'll just last in the elements for a long time a winter boot is the same way. It's just um, that if he's out there in the forest, the boots are 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 there probably in very similar shape than they were the night he went missing. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really baffling because I I don't think 
at any point anyone's ever ruled foul play into this disappearance. Like, I don't think that's something that um, investigators think just from the way I think if they, if they, if they did think there was foul play, they wouldn't have inter- like, let me do an interview with them for 30 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. I think they, I, I think honestly, and again, I'm kind of scooping myself again, although like this isn't the teaser in the third episode, the RCMP person I talked to, you know, she said, so, you know, you know, the saying someone knows something, right? There's a whole CBC podcast called that. And, you know, she said, she's like, I've been doing this job for like 30 years. And she's like, you know, she's like, in my experience, sometimes that's just not the case. She's like, as as dark of a reality that is, she's like, sometimes no one knows anything. Mm-hmm. And someone just is is gone. And we don't know. And I got the I got the impression the reason she told me that was because I think that's how they feel about and again I'm I'm you know this is my opinion on in interpreting the interview they did not say this right but I think you know they feel just as baffled as everyone else on what happened um, and you know they did say Ryan like a lot of missing persons cases get resolved um, you know pretty quickly and they're saying Ryan's is like in the one percent of literally no leads um, literally nothing to go off of so. Um, I think it's really baffling all around for everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. One one thing that I've never seen, yeah, often in a missing person case, I've covered multiple and talked to you about multiple ones. Yeah. Often the idea like there's this like mental illness, depression, possible yep. suicide. Yeah. That seems to come up a lot. In Ryan's case, I've never heard that as as a theory. Like, did you come across anything that would lead you to think there was anything dark going on within him of course like great, it, it's always sorry, possible ahead. and you never really know with someone but i haven't heard anyone recount any any experiences with him that would lead anyone to think that no like that's the thing like that's another like angle that there's nothing there like he seemed like the happiest kid enjoying the time of his life i mean that smile the photo you put up earlier i think says it all and you know heather says it kind of like you just did you know you never truly know even with your own kids like what someone's going through or like what, what their state of mind is. But there's been no one that I've talked to that have suggested Ryan struggled with addiction or, you know, we mentioned drugs and alcohol earlier and I should clarify, like, you know, he's a 20 year old living at a, you know, working hard and playing hard at a ski resort. Like there's nothing abnormal about that. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's what young people go and do. And that's part of the culture up there. Um, So just to clarify that, but I don't know, like I've never heard anything about him being super depressed or clinically depressed or, you know, anything like that Uh, or, you know, having mental like schizophrenia or or anything like that. Like nothing has come up. Um, And, you know, you just listening to Heather, you know that she knows her son really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if there was anything like that, she, she would have mentioned it. But by Jordan, by all accounts, like Ryan just seemed like the happiest coolest funnest guy to hang out with um and yeah i he just vanished like literally into thin air yeah i got the same reaction when when i covered his his story and i just had the photo up again but yeah that photo taken on his last known night he's got a big smile on he has a drink in his hand but he's yeah like, he looks like he's having a good night but yeah he, i guess you, you never the the fact of the matter is though is you never really know what's going on within someone but in this case it's not a discussion point because there's no evidence of that we would be just as likely to say maybe he got tied up with the mob uh the italian mafia in sun peaks well that's there is like heather says you know she gets crackpot theories all the time from people and you know a lot of people said you know 
was Ryan uh, was Ryan dealing drugs and part of the local tr- drug trade? Like, you know, she said like, and I can't, you know, I'm gonna screw up the the anecdotes. So listen to the podcast for t- Heather to tell them. But you know, she says this is a guy who on his, I think it was his first day at university or something like that. Like she had to go with him because he was overwhelmed by things. Like this is not a guy who's going to um, move out of you know to Sun Peaks to start a um, you know an international or national drug trade or get involved in that. Um, but who knows? I mean. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't really know what young people would get up to. Like, maybe he, maybe he did get into some stuff with a couple of people. But I mean, I just feel like that would have come out as well. Like, someone would have, someone would have said, "Yeah, we know Ryan was involved with these people," um, and uh, you know, you should probably talk to them. They're not good people. So, yeah, I, by all accounts, he seemed like a really cool, nice kid, just trying trying to find himself a little bit and um, you know, enjoy his life. That's mm-hmm. that's how he comes across to me, by all accounts. Yeah, and I think. Um... Yeah, the, obvi- like the most obvious explanation is that he drunk, wandered off, disoriented, and I I just think like it when I say that and it makes sense, but always I come back to like how the hell did they not find him? Because it's like this has been an intense search that's been, you know, at at the time like right after he disappeared they searched. They've been searching ever since. I just can't imagine that nothing's come out of it, but. Yeah, the one thing that's interesting, like there was a river near the the area where he had to get home to, oh. and I I I feel like when people are inebriated, when they get into water, like you drown so quickly because your your faculties are numbed, um, and you know it would have been freezing. And so to me, like you know, again though, I asked Sar and people about this, and like they didn't they searched the part of the river and didn't find it, but like. To me, it seems like maybe the reason we haven't found him is because something like that happened. You know, he fell into some water. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, to me, that's the only way it would make sense why there hasn't been a trace because the water would have swallowed him up. But I, but there's no, but then, you know, would, would we have found footprints? Like he would have been stumbling in the woods. So branches would have been broken. And like, that's the other thing too. Like he's not going to be like a ninja going through the woods and like covering his tracks and his trace. Like, He's just had a great night out. He probably just wants to get home and go to bed. Like he's going to be stumbling, pulling on stuff for support. Like you just think search and rescue because they were there the next morning. Like, you know, not the same morning that he went missing, but the the morning after. And you still you think they would have found something, you know, like a rip, uh, some 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 clothing on a tree. Like, you're yeah, it's just it's frustrating to talk about because it's like it's it's so sad and it's so peculiar and. Ryan just seemed like the greatest and nicest kid. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, I keep saying it, but it really is baffling. Yeah. But that's what makes it such an enduring mystery, but it, yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, I'm really excited to see the direction your podcast takes. Uh, so for, for people who listen, who are, I say listening, I well some will listen, but for people who are listening or watching, for the 20 watching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, people will watch it after the fact. You'll have this. Could get oh, that's up to, right. It'll be there, up. There that's could right. be 30 people who watch this. Um, <laughs> where do they find your show? Uh, yeah, so you can find uh, a podcast for the missing anywhere you get podcasts. Um, and if it's not, send me a message and I'll I'll get it on there. Um, but it's on iTunes, Spotify, um, you know, all all those places. Um, I if you want updates because it is going to be a while in between series um, when the next one's out. Um, go to the Facebook page, a podcast for the missing. That's where I primarily do uh, most of my posting. I, I do have Instagram and Twitter. Um, 
but it's more out of necessity. I, I don't really, that's not my main vehicle. Um, I probably should do more social media. Like that's one thing I, we should have a talk offline about like your online game is spectacular and huh. I am like struggling to like even get it going. So um, I'll take some pointers, but yeah, I go, go to the Facebook page um, and uh, yeah, you can find it anywhere. Um, that you get your podcast so it should be pretty easy to to search yeah so, i'll, ha- I'll have yeah. links and whether you're someone's looking at this on youtube or through my podcast i'll have the links in the video or episode description so people will be able to find you and hopefully we can do this again soon it seems like our paths just continue to cross so i'm sure this isn't the last time i'll, I'll keep the seat keep the seat warm for you while you're out of here well, and I was just going to say, uh, maybe there'll be a chance for you to come over uh, and I'll be the host for once and uh, I can that, ask you some questions. That'd be too weird. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah. You think so? <laughs> no, but this, I think it'd be great. <laughs> we're stuck in our ways now. This is our fifth time. We this gotta is, this is it. Up. Yeah. I, I always come on your podcast and you interview me. Uh, I am, <laughs> I'm a decent interviewer, believe it or not. It would be fun. So if we can find a reason to do that. Um, at some point we should, but I, I seriously, well, yeah. And a big thank you to you. Like, Literally, I didn't say this earlier because we were kind of, I was a little distracted with some of the tech stuff we had going on there. But, um, you know, starting a podcast, like, and I'm, this isn't, I'm not trying to say this to warm your seat, but um, it, I really knew it was possible when I started talking to you and, um, you know, your encouragement and your guidance and like just willing to help out and like listen to my ideas. Like, it's, it's the reason it got done, like, or, or that's the reason it got started anyway, because, um, yeah, I just I wanted to do something similar to what you're doing without having to, um, you know, directly compete with you. So I was like, well, I'll I'll, I'll take a I'll take a niche I'll take a niche of what you're doing and let you uh, let you be the the, the, the broadmaster and, and cover all the topics. I'll so, do the glove um, guy stuff and you stick. Yeah, because we have the glove guy stuff and like all the I just love the the weird stories that you find. Like that's right up my alley. <laughs> so um, you know, maybe at some point I'll I'll evolve the podcast. But for now, it's just going to be missing persons. And yeah, like thank you for having me on the show and just you know being supportive like it's 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 really hard to start your own podcast and it can be really daunting so it's yeah. nice when opportunities like this arrive and you know for us to, to hang out and i'm never meet in person but know each other now for years is is awesome yeah that's funny but no i supported you because i wanted to listen to it you're uh, like we met because i'm a fan of your writing i loved your articles and now i, yep. I got to talk into making a podcast i may get you to yeah. make a film next <laughs> hey uh i'm pretty if you plant an idea in my head and i like it I, like i said that obsessive personality pretty hard for me to shake it so uh you know just make it a good idea and i'm, I'm sure in, maybe in five years it. we'll be talking about a film yeah maybe you could star in it you know we'll, we'll talk about it i don't know about that um maybe my son uh, <laughs> yeah, before, i was gonna say you and your son <laughs> yeah well before we leave I, I wonder if anyone in the ch- i know there's like 20 something people there watching if anyone has any comments or questions we can uh we can yeah, chat and a I was, bit if anyone has any. I was going to just address, and I kind of did, uh, John Guzman here in the chat. Um, he had some great comments, and I just really quickly, yeah, like, um, yeah, it is really baffling, like you said. And, you know, yeah, I don't know where you're ready to overdose. Like, it's just a theory. You know, that's the one thing I should say, too. Like, everything we've talked about, there is no no evidence. It's They are just theories. So, And that, um, that's why, but that's why I'd love someone from the party to talk publicly is of course like the important thing is they talk to investigators which i'm assuming they've done but yeah i would just like to get whether it's audio or just an article or something i would like to hear two or three people at that story at that party or get together whatever just just say what they remember about it um maybe it's nothing but i don't know it's just i i continue to question 
what had happened in there just because I don't know anything about it other than what I got from a secondhand source being Heather. And and that's yeah. another thing too is like where she's his mom. Like if I was to talk to my buddy's mom, even if I, like he, he disappeared and I wanted to help or whatever and I had the best intentions, I think I would still sugarcoat the story for his mom. Yeah, and I think, you know, the key to that is, and I agree, I still think, you know, it'd be great for someone, you know, if they're comfortable with it to come on and talk about it, who was at the party. But, you know, I did, you know, I did talk to some people and I can't say um, who because they asked me not to repeat this publicly, but I'm going to repeat it and just not put a source to it. But they, they, they basically said that, like, they, they know for a fact the people from the party were vetted incredibly thoroughly by the police and, um, if if someone knew something like they would have they would have got it out of them basically so um you know I, I think yeah i mean it would establish more context but when i heard that and i've heard that from a couple people how thoroughly um the police vetted and i think maybe that's part of it like you know these people probably were treated with suspicion for quite a while so this is probably something they want to forget about or maybe not talk publicly about so i understand that part of it as well but i do i do think you're right though i think it would really it would at least help fill in some of the blanks publicly about his disappearance Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a huge gap like as soon as he goes to that party it's like a a black hole like we don't we don't know anything other than that it was a party and there was drugs and alcohol that's it yeah and you you said recreational drugs a few times do you know what people there were doing I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that because I don't know for sure. I want to, a full disclaimer, it is, Heather did mention it in one of the clips and I think it is in one of the episodes. I want to say, I want to say most likely it was something like ecstasy or MDMA or something like that, like more of a party drug. I mean, they were at a silent disco, so I'm sure, you know, that was part of the experience. Um, But I'm not 100% sure about that, but I recall that that's that's probably what it was. but I can't be a hundred and ten percent sure. But I, uh, it's not, you know, it wasn't anything as far as I know, like, you know, heroin or anything like that. It doesn't make sense. I mean, they were partying; they're kids. Like, yeah, you know, it wouldn't. The ecstasy you know, or something would make sense for a silent disco. Like a twenty-five-year-old Jordan would say, "That sounds like an awesome time." I was just thinking the same thing. Like, if someone <laughs> offered me, I'd be like, "Yeah, of course, that's what we're gonna do." Like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Twenty years old, like, yeah. So to me, it's like that. That makes sense. Um, so I, I think that's what it was. I mean, you know, it could have been something else too, but I'm, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. So yeah. 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 All right. Well, I, we haven't had any comments in there, so we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up unless there's anything you want to talk about. Um, no, do, do you have the coronavirus in your province? Uh, no, we're, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, yeah, we, we are in cases have just started to surge. Um, quite a bit so um yeah we're kind of back into like you know a semi lockdown we, we are lucky i will say living on an island like i live on vancouver island so mm-hmm. um you know like the mainland is getting ravaged pretty badly by this thing but we've been pretty good so far on the island it's still you know provincial restrictions so we're still pretty much locked down but the f- i think the fear is a little less intense here than it would be in a place like vancouver where um you know i think there's probably a lot of anxiety for people um we have to go out and about and it's getting you said it's getting pretty pretty bad where you are as well right yeah we're getting uh, we're, the idea of like the second wave we're getting a bunch of we, we went months without any cases or with you know one here one there kind of thing but then all, all of a sudden now we're getting you know uh, we, last week we had a day where there was like 30 something cases and they're all um 
in Halifax where I'm living. So it's yeah. uh, kind of freaky. We've had um, when it, when it first all started back in like March or April, we had a ton of cases, but it was all, the majority of them. Uh, the cases and the deaths that we've had in Nova Scotia were all in one massive seniors home. Like it just swept yeah. through there. And I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but if like a hundred people in Nova Scotia died of coronavirus, like 90 of them were seniors in this one particular building that it just tore through. The difference with what's going on now is it's not in one building. It's 18 to 35 year olds who are, you know, at the bar or at a restaurant, that sort of thing. That's, that's where it's spreading here in Halifax now, which is just a bit different of a, I'm probably at more risk now than I was back in March or April. They do um, like whenever someone tests positive, generally there'll be like an eat, like a press release that goes out saying, you know, if you've been to this restaurant or this place, yep. you know, get tested. And it's like when they release those every day, they release them. And it's like, I was maybe at one of these places. Cause it's like, you know, this uh, grocery store, this drug store, it's, it's freaky. I'm, I, I try not to get, scared and anxious about it but it's just hard not to it's it's almost like the way i've always described it it's like i feel like i'm at the very beginning of a zombie movie it, yeah. but just perpetually like it's like it's yeah. like a, it's about to happen and there's like these news reports of it's happening out there but it just they haven't showed up at my house yet <laughs> yeah that's like that's such a great analogy that's a hundred percent how i felt too and I mean, there has been a silver lining. I mean, really, you know, working on the podcast and doing some of my own other side stuff outside of the day job, like, because, you know, working from home and like not being able to go out ever. Like it's to me, I've just tried to bury my head in things like this because, you know, thinking about you know, as much as sad as it is to think about something like Ryan missing, um, you know, just the act of doing the podcast and doing things like these, it's, it is, there is some th therapy there uh, for me anyways. So um, yeah, I've just been trying to put my head down and I don't even read the news on it that much anymore. Like I'll get the latest numbers, but you know, that's about it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive like you, you know, we just got to hang in there and hope 2021 is, you know, a little better. That's going to be hard not to. This has been a great year. Before we finish up here, I just want to give a huge thank you to everyone who was listening and had watched that. Without your interest and your support, nighttime would be both pointless and impossible. But with that said, keeping this show alive is and has been an uphill battle. If you want to help take a bit of the weight off the show's back, please subscribe to the premium feed. Not only does it make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you're going to find here on the free feed. You can go premium at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And since I brought up the premium feed, I'm going to thank the newest subscribers. Danielle, Cheryl, Wendy Joy, and Dannon, thank you all for your generous support. And for anyone else out there who'd like to support the show but can't help me financially, you can give us a big hand by simply liking and sharing the episodes across social media. And if you have any story ideas, or if you want to give feedback on the show, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. And also, as I mentioned, I'm on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and my handle is at nighttimepod. So with that said, until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, 
and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.